Welcome to the New Hope Podcast. A quick word about our reopening the church building. We will continue to offer our online service at 10 a.m. each Sunday, but for those who are ready to return to the building, we are reopening with safety protocols in place beginning June 7th. Please visit our website, newhope365.church, and click the red banner at the top of our page for all the details. We look forward to connecting with each of you, both in person and online. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed lately, um, but it, it appears that uh, the world is really evolving and getting better. Interesting, right? So, no, in fact, uh, the reality is, is that's not the case. Uh, if, you, if you, as you watch the news and you read about politics or you uh, talk about this virus or you talk about uh, riots and or you, you just talk about the tensions that are existing in culture, it's, it's hard for anybody to rationalize that we are evolving and becoming better. There's an overarching move towards darkness and and as I've been preparing, I wanted to let you know that that's the reality that we're in right now. And, and it's nothing new. It's not like God is shocked that he's like, wow, it's getting really dark. Can't believe it. Oh my goodness. So the series, we're looking at the battle between good and evil. The battle between good and evil. And I'm going to set it up in a way that lets you know the premise of which I'm teaching from in the weeks to come. I'm going to set this up, kind of set the stage. Uh, and what, what sparked this topic for me was, uh, it's probably a few weeks ago, I made a phone call to Erica Simmons. And Erica is a black, for those that don't know, those online here, is a black woman that is one of our life group shepherds in the New Hope 365 family. And I intentionally uh, reached out to Erica and I just said, hey, um, one, how are you doing? And two, could you just give me a little insight as to what's going on with the black, you know, with the black culture and all the racism stuff? And we had an engaging conversation and it was, it was very life-giving and I was able to pray with her and over her and all that. But when, and, and, and we talked about the tragicness of racism and the darkness of racism and how it was never, it's never God's, it was never God's desire or God's design at any level. It's pure evil. And that's what she brought to my awareness and it sparked something in me. She said, regardless of, of uh, this person saying this or that person saying this or this person hating or, and we're all talking about what needs to be done and all that. She said, at the core, at the root of all that's taking place in culture, she said, it is sheer darkness and evil. She said, it's sheer darkness and evil and it sparked something in me. You're right. We're in a war. We're in a war a battle between good and evil. And we, the church, have to, have to stay alert. In fact, the Bible talks about being alert, being engaged, don't go to sleep while God is wanting to use you and, and, and work through you. Don't go to sleep, and the enemy would love you to sleep. He would love for you to be dozing off and, and, and not worrying about the state of affairs or, or open doors up to where he can come in and cause all kinds of oppression over your life. And, and, and we, we, the church, cannot, cannot allow that to happen. 
You have been placed on the face of the earth in a battle, in a war that is going to demand every part of you. And here's the great thing about it. You're not fighting it alone. And ultimately the victory is yours, but the battle is God's. The battle is God's. And so, as I was reading and thinking through, this is what I put down as the key thought for today. There are four biblical truths, and I heard these years ago, and I don't know if this is original to Pastor Mark Driscoll, um, but he had shared this, and I took, I extracted it, and I wanted to share it with you today. So this is not original to me. I want you to know that. The framing in is, but not the original concept of the four biblical truths, legs that are necessary to help you understand the war between good and evil. The war between good and evil, there's these four biblical truths, and, uh, and so... It is important for us to know these today. Let me kind of give you an example. Um, Biblical Christianity, right now, I would say, if there's ever a time where we need to dive in and continue to dive in to the Word of God, we should always be desiring to do that. But more now than ever, to allow the Spirit of God to, to continue to speak into your life, fill your mind with what is good and right and, 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 and a solid, Biblical Christianity is rooted in the very words of God. It's rooted in the very words of God. And so if you could look at it like this, is here's the word of God, and from the word of God stems these four, these four legs that ultimately help you as you... Uh, talk to people about God, as you talk to people about Satan, as you talk to people about relationships, as you talk to people about the current state of affairs, it's important for us to have not only this foundation of the word, but to understand that if you don't have these four biblical legs, if you don't have them, you really, the, 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 the debates and the conversations will probably topple over. So I've shared Jesus with a lot of different people over the years, and if, if these particular four things aren't part of the conversation, or if somebody just turns them away, whether, they're, whether they claim to be a Christian, whether they come from a Buddhist background, Hindu background, whether they come from a Mormon background, you know, uh, whatever, you know, Catholic background, whatever, wherever they come from, if, if they don't have these four legs, ultimately the conversation will topple, and I have nowhere left to go in the conversation as it relates to God and the Bible and salvation of anything. And so that's why I share these with you, because as I go and as I teach into the weeks ahead, um, you're going to know that I'm coming from biblical Christianity and standing on premises that the world is going to debate, but if you don't get this, if you and I don't get this, what happens is that the enemy gets points on the scoreboard, so to speak, and God won't. And I pray that we will change that. So here we go. Four legs of biblical worldview. The unseen realm. The unseen realm. Okay? You can't believe God's word or understand God's world unless you embrace the supernatural. Okay? You can't believe God's word or understand God's world unless you embrace the supernatural. So from the beginning of what? The beginning to the end of the Bible, um, it is about an unseen realm as real and as visible as what you see right now. It's as real and visible as as the visible world, and faith is required to believe it. 
Faith is required to believe it. And there are beings in this world, there are beings in this world who live in this world as real as ours and travel between the unseen realm and here. Unseen realm in here. They're traveling. In fact, right now, as I'm preaching, as you're listening online, there is actual tactical things taking place in the unseen realm into the realm of the scene that we know of that is happening. And it takes faith to believe that because you don't see it, do you? You don't see it. And uh, it's affecting what? Human history, our daily lives, and it affects what happens in the visible world, and what happens in the visible world impacts the invisible world or the unseen world, and the unseen world impacts the visible world, period. And so everyone is both what? Physical, you're physical, with a body that is seen, and a spiritual being that is soul, that is what? You don't see your soul, do you? It's unseen. Spiritual warfare, warfare, then, in my mind, is like gravity. You sit down, and, and, it's, and it's there. You don't, you, don't, you don't see it. You just know the effects of it, right? That's the unseen realm and the spiritual stuff that's taking place right now. It exists. It's real. Though, again, you may not fully understand it. You're sitting down, and it's the law of gravity, and it affects every moment of every day. Here's the problem. In our culture, we have what's called rationalism, naturalism, cynicism, and with that happens to say, if I can't see it, if I can't understand it, therefore it's not rational, therefore it must not exist. And to that end, I would say that our Heavenly Father, through biblical Christianity, says there's something very different than mere rationalism. Sure, you can see things, rationalize it, and great, and go, thank you, God, or, or okay, that was strange, or that was weird, but rationalism cannot explain faith and cannot explain the unseen, can it? Naturalism, science. A lot of people go, well, if science doesn't prove it, therefore it must not work, and therefore we should not believe it. So we have this naturalism, and, this, and, 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 we, can, and we go, well, we can justify it through uh, what has been tested and tried for millennials and millenniums, and, and it, we call it naturalism, um, skepticism. Have you, have we, at least it appears to me that we live in a day of uh, uh, intense skepticism of whether God can heal deliver, set free, transform, bring those that are depressed out of depression, all of that. And I want you to know that is a tactic of the enemy that has blinded the mind of unbelievers into believing that there is no unseen world and that there is no spiritual warfare and therefore you will remain blinded until by the Spirit of God in you accepting the Spirit of God, until that happens, those blinders will remain over your eyes, and when they're removed, all of a sudden you'll begin to see that this unseen realm is affecting you just like gravity. Just like gravity. Uh, Martin Luther, in the Protestant Reformation, he uh, was known as an individual that was a part of intense spiritual um, uh, demonic warfare. He wrote, he wrote the song, Almighty Fortress. You guys remember, the, ever, ever heard that? Almighty Fortress is our God. Um, and he wrote a book called Table Talk in which he, um, he wrote more times around the table and in his writings, he wrote more times than the Bible, gospel, grace, and prayer about spiritual warfare 
in the unseen realm. In fact, there were so many times that even there was a time where a demon physically showed up into the place where he was, and in that moment, he took his pen in which he was writing, and he threw it at the demon, and for a long time, there was an ink spot. People would come and see where Martin Luther was. There was an ink spot that would show the fact that there had been spiritual warfare, and that's where Martin Luther was to have supposedly thrown his pen to make sure that the demon was either taken care of or removed, and then eventually it was painted over. As I pondered that story, I think that's what the enemy would love for us to do. Paint over the reality of the spiritual warfare. Paint over it. There are those biblical comment, in the biblical commentary um, that I have been reading. Um, for instance, as it relates to the unseen world and this, and this particular leg that's foundational for us, that would say when Jesus walked on water, he literally didn't walk on water. He, it was actually, you could look at it and say, well, he probably was walking along the seashore, and, and that's what, it was, it was interpreted wrong, misinterpreted, but as I understand biblical Christianity, Jesus, in fact, walked on water. It was miraculous. Peter then left the boat, and, and then he began to sink, and what did Jesus pull him up, and what? They entered the boat, and the storm was stilled, and that was what? The unseen impacting the scene. But that's, that's all under fire right now. I wonder, what are things that you've experienced in your life supernaturally that you have justified it and rationalized it now to where you're not living in the supernatural because you have just kind of allowed it to just kind of fade off? And God is waking up the church. He is waking us up. And if you're wondering why you may be in a cathartic state or you might be in a place where you um, have just kind of gone dormant in your walk with God and you're, and you're wondering why, what's going on with your marriage or your work or your children or, or um, just you personally, you're wondering why, why, why is this happening? The reality is, is that more than likely the unseen realm is affecting you personally and you have not been awake to it. You've not been awake to it. And the Lord is... I believe this. The Lord is wanting to wake up the church to see the full gravity of what? The unseen. He's wanting you to see that. So, Jesus, this is in John chapter 20, verse 30. There are just a few verses today that I'll shoot your way in this preparation to continue on in the series called Reality. Um, the battle between good and evil. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples. So this is for those that want to rationalize the recordings of Jesus and the miracles of Jesus. It says that in the presence of his disciples, so many signs and miracles were performed which were not recorded in this book. But these are written that you might what? That you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Let's then look at the next chapter, and it says in John chapter 21, verse 25, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. That's how much he engages from the unseen, from the unseen realm into the natural realm, so much so that the books of the world could not contain what Jesus is doing in our realm and in the unseen realm. It's incredible. So that's the first leg. Next one is binary thinking. 
binary thinking. This is going to be, this is a tough one, and, and uh, I, I venture to say I'll get some feedback uh, from people as you engage culture, as I engage culture on this topic of binary thinking. The single, single underlying difference between those who believe the Bible and those who do not is that Christians think black and white. And you're like, no, I, I, don't, I don't think black and white. I'm not white. I'm not white. No, no, listen, okay. That we as Christians think in terms of black and white, binary thinking, and non-Christians think in shades of gray. Let me explain. Biblical, biblical Christianity requires what? Black and white thinking because it's dualistic. It's dualistic, and I think we've lost this thinking. What? Dualistic is good and evil. Good and evil. Satan and God. Demons and angels. Sin and holiness, lies and truth, wolves and shepherds, non-Christians and Christians, damnation and salvation, hell and heaven. Haven't you heard that somewhere? But somewhere culturally, a shift has taken place that we we dare not think binary and dualistic because we're all in this together, right? The reality is, is God sees very differently than we see. So, Mainstream culture is more about, or the culture is monistic in its thinking, and it's this, this idea that there's only one substance and only one being. We are all one, and one is in us all, and, and there's, there's a refusal in culture to make the distinction, which ultimately ends making value judgment. So here, let me give you an explanation. Instead of Satan and God, we have what? A higher power. Okay? Instead of angels and demons, we have what? Spirits or ghosts. Instead of sin and holiness, we have spiritual guides. Instead of non-Christians and Christians, we have everyone defined as God's children. Okay? We have, all, we have people defined as God's children. Instead of damnation and salvation, we have whatever works for us. So, that being said, instead of heaven and hell, we have people who go to a better place when they die. And what the enemy has done is come in and said, there's no binary thinking, and you go and you watch the advertisements and see the billboards and go online and check it out. I want you to know that now as you begin to be dialed in and you ponder what I'm communicating to you, biblical, biblical, foundational stuff, you will realize that the world is being sold a bill of goods that is a lie. It's a lie. So monism is this re- religious view that rejects dualistic thinking. But if you believe in the Bible, you'll understand that there's a battle between the God of the Bible, who is intolerant, what? Intolerant, and the gods of this world who will war against him. Do you, do you know that God is intolerant towards evil? But somewhere along the line, the enemy would come and go, ah, no, not so much. It's not. Because the Bible teaches binary thinking, and, and I'll be talking more about that in the weeks to come, Satan counterfeits everything. Everything. Here, let me give you a few more examples. God creates Satan counterfeits. So I'm going to give you God's creation. I'm going to give you Satan's counterfeit. Angels, God created counterfeit by what? Demons. Obedience, rebellion, truth, lies, spirit-filled, demon-possessed, cleansing, defilement, humility, pride, forgiveness, 
bitterness, worship, idolatry, contentment, coveting, peace, fear, unity, division, shepherds, wolves, God esteem, self esteem, covenant with God, inner vow with self, spirit, flesh, freedom, slavery, revival, riots, life, death, church, world, kingdom, hell. You get the point. You get the point. You get what's, go- what, what's going on here is that what you're seeing around you, we're, ha- we're having to ask ourselves God, is this your kingdom come or is it something else? Is it a counterfeit? And when that be, when we begin to do that, all of a sudden we begin to be, we begin to re, we see that there are people that are blinded and not seen. And that doesn't mean that we're going. I'm going to bash you and tear you down and beat you up and not like you. That just means that we see and we must begin to pray against the anti-binary thinking that God has given for us to do what? To know the truth, to understand what is good and what is evil, what is right and what's wrong. So we've got that. So we've got. We've got this unseen, this one leg unseen realm, binary thinking, and then we have group guilt. Group guilt. Throughout the Bible, God holds both what? Evil spirits and humans responsible for their actions. There is, they, they have refused to believe God and reject God, and they will reap the consequences, that is the evil spirits. Then, then you have the, the, the flip side with us as humans that then are persuaded by demons and the devil to sin, and, and in many cases, people think that they can just get away with it and blame it on the devil, but our Heavenly Father has a different outlook on that. So, throughout the Bible, he holds spirits and people responsible for their behavior. Um, and the devil, what does he do? He's tempting us, even right now. There are some of us in this room and online, and we're all, we're all being tempted, and we will cross a line, and we will give in and open a door to the enemy because we're not on our alert, and we're not prepared to deal with it. And so we're being sucked into the evil plots, and therefore, God doesn't go, well, it was the devil. Rick, you get a pass. It's okay. Just go. No, no, no. You just, just, just go. Now, I understand covered in Jesus, and we'll talk about that again in the weeks to come. But, but the reality is, is when you sin, we are to confess our sins and, and bring them before God, and he is faithful and just to forgive us. Forgive us. So some blame Satan for everything, and some downplay the human responsibility. The idea is Genesis 3. What do we know of Genesis 3? If you go and you study it, and you look at it, we know that there was the first sin that occurred and the enemy comes and does what? The enemy comes and tempts Adam and Eve, and Eve takes of the fruit, consumes it, and gives it to Adam. And what, is, what happens? We know the story that God comes walking in the cool of the day in the garden, and he's searching out Adam and Eve, and they've hidden themselves, and they're naked and afraid, and I think there's a show about that. Okay, naked and afraid. And, and what does God do? He judges the man first. He judges the woman second. And if you study it, you'll know the different judgments that come against the man, against the woman. And then he judges Satan. And we know that ultimately he will be condemned and destined to live separate from God in hell for all eternity. And Jesus, in Jesus' death, 
burial, resurrection, he, he totally has taken and said, ultimately, Satan, you lose. But right now, the ruler of this earth and on this earth is who? Satan. Satan. And you are children of light in a dark place that is requiring the church to stand up and proclaim that there is a better way. That there is a better way. So the Bible shows us in that leg that there is actually there is actually sin and that literally we're not to take it lightly. We will be, in fact, those, those that have not given their life to Christ will be judged according to uh, the sins that they've done in rejecting Christ. Those of us that are covered by Jesus, he doesn't see those sins anymore. Therefore, when the enemy comes in and wants to bring those accusations against you, I want you to know that's the unseen realm coming in to lie to you and, and mislead you and beat you up and telling you that you are in fact not saved and you'll never be right and that you can never get it right. Last thing. Heaven down or hell up? Fourth leg. Fourth leg. Heaven down, hell up. So, there's this war that's gone on in heaven. I'll talk about that next week more specifically, but this is huge for us as a church to get as we go into our, as we will deal with our own individual lives, our relationship with God, relationship with others, uh, the war in our families, the war in our workplaces, the war in those, those environments. As we move and go forward, understand that we can either bring, <laughs> we can bring heaven to earth or we can lift hell up. Okay? Jesus is retur returning, and I believe he's returning soon. Do I know the hour? No, but I think this. I think that the church has been lulled to sleep and not thinking about what? The fact that Jesus is going to come back and in his wake is going to be his kingdom. And he's waiting for you, the bride, the, the bridegroom, the bride is waiting for the bridegroom to come and, and we're waiting for him to make right the wrongs so, every day of our existence, we're living in this battle, and it started a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And each day our decision will invite heaven or hell. And Jesus, half-brother, and we'll finish with these verses, used binary thinking. He urged Christians not to pull up hell into their lives through prevalent cultural thinking, popular thinking, which is false truth. He, he, there's this earthly, unspiritual, demonic, and vile thinking that exists, but he said, don't pull that up. Bring heaven down. Let's look at it. Colossians chapter, uh, John, James chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life. By their, what? Actions. By deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy, selfish ambition in your hearts... Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is what? Is, is, but is earthly, unspiritual, and from demons themselves. Demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial, and sincere. 
So you get the fact that there's demonic activity, demonic activity that is at play right now, wanting to what? Do, do what? Come in and cause dissension, cause all kinds of envy and strife and boasting and glamorization of, of the individual and lifting up what us, I, putting idols and things in place of God, and it's going on every day. So Colossians 3.2 says this. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. So where's your mind? Where's your mind? Are we going to pray heaven down, or are we going to pull hell up? So Matthew 9, chapter 6, verses 9 through 13 is this. This is how you should pray. Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount, gives these words. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom, what? Thy kingdom come, and what? Thy will be done. We, we have this opportunity in our life right now. You have this. This is, this is huge for you as a follower of Jesus to know that you have kingdom's resources to go, right now, God, I see that the enemy is trying to pull my marriage apart. I see that the, the world is trying to destroy my son or my daughter or my grandchildren. I see that the enemy has lied to my neighbor. I see that this is going on in the riots. I see that this is going on in, the, in politics. I see all that's going on and we can sit and we can spit into the wind or you can understand from your identity in Jesus Christ that it is not about politics it is not about the riots it is not about it is about a spiritual war that is going on right now it's a spiritual war going, going on. And the way that that war is won is when we as Christians begin to what? Begin to pursue God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when, when I saw you, Rick, kneeling down as we were worshiping, the battle is won when we seek God and pursue him and pray down heaven to come and have, have that work taking place. And we, and we then realize when hell is at play, and we reject the notions that he's bringing our way that says we're all this or we, have, we, we can do this and do that and there's no consequence for it. We pull hell up when we choose to reject the words of God and we choose to reject the unseen and we choose to go and rationalize, naturalize, cynicize everything that's going around. Kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And what? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from who? That is unbelievably real. I I get the problem. That in in these legs and in biblical Christianity, what has often happened is that, is that people rationalize and therefore the devil, the, it's, there's no big deal. It's, the, the devil isn't that impactful in culture and so we rationalize. But then there's the other side that as I've been in charismatic churches and Pentecostal churches that we sensationalize it. And then there's a demon around every corner. And that's not the case either. But just, I mean, you, if you will start paying attention, I'm going to pray over you in just a minute. If you will start paying attention, you will realize, you'll realize that, that literally the enemy, the good and evil, the binary thinking, all of that is still at play. And right now you're seeing it more than ever. So if you are discouraged, if you are beat up, if you are fearful, if you are wondering what's going on, I'm bringing back to you basic 101. 
I'm bringing back to you basic 101 of the unseen realm, the battle between good and evil. And just so you know, Democrats and Republicans are not your enemies. Your neighbor's not your enemy. Your spouse is not your enemy. Your son or daughter's not your enemy. Your enemy is the unseen in which you, by his spirit, have the authority over. You have the authority over. And if right now you are feeling beat up, what has happened is you've opened the door to the enemy. And we can reject that. We can reject that. Bow your heads and close your eyes and online. Bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Heavenly Father, when we see your spirit fall on us in the Bible, that's kingdom down living. That's your kingdom coming down. And we ask for you, Spirit of God, to fall on us. Fall on us, renew our minds, transform us. And that we would not be pulling up cultural thinking and, and demonic thoughts and things that, that are so close. It looks so close to the real, but it's a counterfeit. Oh God, let, I mean, this is so big, Heavenly Father, that we need you so much that it says in your word that in the last days, even the very elect could be deceived. This is big. And may your kids, your children, not fall asleep at the wheel. May we not fall asleep in this culture. May we not, may we not um, uh, say, oh, it's not that big a deal. No, it is, but we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live with the anxiety. We don't have, have to live with the tension and all of that type of stuff. We don't have to live with that perpetually in our life because Jesus, by your spirit, you set us free. You set us free. Lord Jesus, the same you, the same king who won heaven, You've come to earth and you are fighting on our behalf. You're fighting. This, this war is continuing to rage. And so the battlefront used to be in the heavenlies exclusively and now it's here. And we are soldiers. And I ask that right now the church would be equipped and put on the full armor and not, oh God, not, oh God, turn their back on what you're doing. I pray over any of these in, in this room, here in person or online, that if there's anybody that has been robbed or stolen from, beat up, I pray Jesus right now healing over their life. I pray, Father, like a balm over their soul, that you would just, God, place that upon them. That like it, it would be right now at this moment, if there's been any fog, literally lift the fog. If there's been any blinders, open the blinders, remove the blinders. If there's been anything that God were going, why is it that I'm so, I just don't feel it, I don't sense it, I don't think it, I, I, I used to be on fire, but I'm not. The reality, Heavenly Father, is more than likely we have bought into lies of the enemy and therefore we have been lulled to sleep like a lullaby. Oh God, wake your church up. Wake your church up. Thank you, Jesus, to you be the glory for what you're doing and all that we see around us right now one last thing father that i know that i've been praying is all that i see around me is telling me that the battle is still raging very strong <laughs> it's still raging and god i love the fact that victory is ours 
No one in here needs to walk out defeated today. Thank you, Jesus. No one online needs to click off and be defeated. We love you, Jesus. Thanks for loving us. In your mighty and awesome name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd like to invite you to visit our website for all the latest news and announcements for New Hope 365. We have added some temporary buttons to our homepage to make it quick and easy for you to request prayer, sign up for our email list, see current needs and opportunities to serve, as well as give. You can find it all at newhope365.church. That's newhope, the numbers 365.church.